In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witnessed. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. But everybody can see that moment where I just saw. It's going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Hey guys, welcome back to the Incense Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Blaine. And this week's podcast is one of those like uh, tease out something that we've been thinking about and something that I ended up writing on for the, well, is right now the upcoming print volume of Ann Sons, volume mm, sounds seven. Like I could just, sounds like I could just read this and not waste my time listening to you. Yeah, unless you're not a reader or unless you don't get the magazine, in which case you might want to listen to it instead and, and maybe think about going and reading it. Or if you maybe already read it, then maybe you'd like some more behind-the-scenes uh, filler content. You know, like, gosh, that was great, but I really could have bought the 12-inch Subway sub instead of the 6-inch. I'm still hungry for more. You needed more fake tuna fish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. I don't uh, know. When is this going to – where is Volume 7 right now? When Right now, it's more of like the way your third child is. Uh, so in the mind of Christ? <laughs> yeah. So – Volume 7 is in development at the moment. We've got all of our content, mostly. Um, I will note that after doing this for 10 years, it was still you and Luke that didn't get your articles to me on any of the deadlines. And Luke finally was just like, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. And I was like, well, the more things change, huh? Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, so this is an episode on... How to deal with your brother's envy of your creative genius. Your you nail know, looks nasty. Sam? Could you put your hand below the table? You don't want to look at my brother. I really finger. don't want to even know that it Sam, exists. You have a you have a lot to bring to the kingdom of God and Oh, thanks, Blaine. You know, you don't sometimes I know you feel like you have to lash out at people who are so creative <laughs> they yes. have a hard time meeting arbitrary things like deadlines, mm. getting to work on time, mm. changing their shirt every day. Mm-hmm. But you have a place. There's a role for you, oh, too. Oh, gosh. That's, thank you so much. And I'll put in a good word for you. You know, I felt like six years ago that I was the guy, like, we were in this little rowboat, and I had a shotgun, and I was just pointing it right at the bottom of the boat. And, I, <laughs> and you guys were looking at me going, what you doing, Sam? And I was like, I'm pulling the plug on this thing. I'm going to blow a hole in the bottom of the Ensign's boat because nobody gets to me their content on time. And you guys were like... Chill out, dude. You've got stuff to bring to the table too. Everyone's welcome at the kingdom of God. Now, and which way like, is the? Now, which direction is the shotgun pointed? I'd like to think that we use it as an anchor. Maybe you know, mm. we tied it to the rope and threw it overboard, so there's just no sense of threat or no danger anymore. Yeah, it's just all nice. <laughs> <laughs> what we did is we hired some pirates to crew the Anson's vessel. Yeah, some and mercenaries, and I'm sitting on shore drinking a mai tai. It's just good to have it's good to have mercenaries at the oars sometimes. All that to be said, we do finally have all of the content mostly and that's getting put together mostly. And 
hoping to be shipping this thing out here in the next couple of weeks, which would be shocking to me because I have not seen more than uh, four of the spreads of which there should be another mm, 14. And then somehow we're going to get a proof and somehow we're going to edit that proof and somehow that proof's going to turn into a magazine, which is somehow going to end up in people's mailboxes. <sighs> so yeah, the mind of Christ is a great way of deciding like that. That's where it is right now. That's where it, it, it is. It, it's uh, it's out. It exists, but doesn't exist quite yet. It's the middle knowledge of the future. Yeah. You know, Schrodinger's cat. And this naturally leads to the segue we had planned, which is, in that volume that does not exist, but does, you had an interesting idea. Thank you. Which was to listen to my ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Uh, That was about low stakes adventure. Mm. The need, you know, I can't have it notice that your nail's back on the table again. Scout's honor. We're not going to talk about can we get him a mitten? this time. <laughs> I, you know, you can actually, if you look at the I know right, I can see, I can you see, can see it. see right You're, under it. Yeah. I hurt my finger. Yeah. And a lot of the articles you know, that we like to air, a lot of the podcasts we like to do are big stories or deep dives or yeah. look at this guy and he's actually reflecting on a whole season of his life. Right. And that, and in case you hadn't noticed, we've been doing some of the more heavy conversations recently. Yes. From depression and anxiety to um, that great interview with mom on longing for Jesus. And as the old saying goes, it's hard to live a lifetime tomorrow. I literally have never heard that once. Is that old? Mm, I don't know. Did you make it up just now? Mm-hmm. Gosh. Wow. Uh, but would go that sometimes we actually just need small adventure, local choices. Right. And it's very easy not to do. We know that. But I thought I kind of want to start with the quote of your instructor, day one of the class. Yeah. I don't know if it was day one, but you're on the dock and Long John Silver says to you. Yeah. So we go walking down with the Colorado Reservoir, get out there into into the docks. And he looks at us and goes, he must be uh, Sam and John. We're like, yeah, we are. We're here for the the sailing class. We're, we're taking our certification up one level. Like to be able to rent larger boats when we take our friends and family out. And he looks at us and goes, great. Well, the first thing you need to know about learning to sail in Colorado is I can't f- teach you how to learn to sail in Colorado. And uh, it stayed at about that level for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, which way did it go from there? <laughs> it, it didn't get any better or any worse. And I was looking behind him was somebody had taken a, a deck cruiser, which is sort of like a bigger pontoon boat. And they had converted it into like a Casablanca on the water. Like oh, a nice. tiki, tiki torches, bamboo paneling, fake um, pelicans, fake little masks grill. I mean, this thing was like, you step on it and I think you just got hammered immediately. Yes. I think you're thinking of Casa Bonita because Casa Blanca does not look like that. You're right. I am thinking of Casa Bonita. Do you remember the divers though? Who yeah, we were talking about go off the cliff. Casa Bonita, not Casa Blanca. You're right. Uh, it looked like the, um, 
the restaurant that would be next to the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Did you like it? That kind of sounds like a place that you would like to and go. And there was a moment where you're like, should we just do that instead? <laughs> if you can't teach us to sail here, like, I don't know, start making that from cocktails and just putter around on that thing. Um, <gasps> yeah. Not exactly the most auspicious beginning to uh, taking another swing at sailing. That's so amazing. So yours, maybe a brief story of Sam's history with sailing, which you confessed recently was motivated by a kind of James Bond mentality. Yes. Of like, if I'm escaping. No, I don't have to be escaping. If I'm pursuing. Could be pursuing. Someone. Exactly. And I get to a car. Yes. Can drive the car. What, what if happens it's a stick shift? Exactly. But Sam, what if it's a motorcycle? Then you got to be able to use that too. And what if it's a sailboat? Then can you handle any craft that you come across? Where does and, this end for you? I don't think it does. Airplanes? Evercraft. <laughs> Rocket ships? Helicopters. Rock- <laughs> There's not a lot of like, oh man, I got to go like catch uh, Lockjaw, <laughs> whatever his <laughs> name is, out at the space station. So don't mind me, Elon. I got to take this up real quick. Yeah. Just like, yeah. I just saw you like shoving Jeff Bezos to the side, like stiff arm. Sure. Leaping over the safety rail. Yeah. Did you have something particularly you want to take out on Jeff Bezos? Not today. Yeah. Jeffrey Bezos. Have you, you, you haven't watched Inside? No. Oh gosh, it's so good. Anyway, he's got several songs about Jeffrey Bezos that are just cracked. But Sam... How did you know that it was the right time to start sailing? What were the soul cues and how did you do it? Oh, yes. Thanks, Blaine. Right. Big, nice focusing technique here. Um, no, genuinely, when I was in college, late college, um, I did have this sense of like, I don't have mastery over much. You know, there was, there's that saying of like, Ugh. jack of all trades, master of none, which I think can be used to encourage us to like, don't spread out so much. Like, you, you should really focus on a few things and, and do them really well. But I think what I noticed around those college years is that was a great excuse to kind of do nothing. Like, well, I don't want to like be a master of nothing, be so spread out. So I just won't wait. All, I can't do anything now. Yes. I've, oh, been, I've been like letting that thing just kind of hang around. I'm a very good slackliner. And very good hookah smoker. Yep. <laughs> was, Before a lot of people were good at those things, you were good at those I things I know. Too. It's hard to do them at the same time. But I, I felt that like it really genuinely was like a James Bond thing of, I liked the competence that it spoke of engaging a new thing. So it also was, I think that played a role in us getting scuba certified. And I say us, I mean, me and my wife, we did that together. And I would love to learn how to fly helicopters in order to get it. To do that, you actually have to do your fixed wing first. And to do, to do that, you got to have like tens of thousands of dollars lying around. Just you know. Which you do, definitely. For sure. Yep. I was just downstairs. It was like Schmaug's lair. It yeah. was like sand dunes of gold. You kind of have to like throw yourself over it. And um, that's why you're happy. What was the, is it DuckTales? What was the yeah, one? They, yeah. <laughs> Literally <laughs> dive off the diving board. Into a pile of gold coins. Yes, which, anyway. Um so that was part of it. There were definitely was the aspect of like, I want to feel competent. I want to chase this. And I was living in California at the time for school. And so being on the coast, just watching as everyone else, well, in your mind, my mind, is using the ocean. Like, hear these people surfing, hear these like fishing trawlers going out and coming back in. Santa Barbara is a big, what, when you eat it, it's unagi. Eel? 
Not at your uni? Tuna? <laughs> what is it? Are you thinking, is it? Sea a- urchin. Oh. Anyway, Santa Barbara's a big like sea urchin harvesting. So you'd like to see these trawlers come in just with all these little spiky, purpley, browny things. And and I felt like everybody else was using this. I want to be able to get out there and I would like, I would watch these sailboats going out and just had this longing. Do you remember we we built these tree forts at the ranch in high school? And yeah, definitely. We put a lot of thought into them, aka how high does the ladder go? That's what yes, we'll start exactly. building. All the way to the top. Yep. And then, 21 feet. You know, kind of just build of a little platform between four trees. And what would it feel like to be sitting up in the tree reading on a kind of a breezy oh my day? Gosh. Yeah, because the, they, they were aspen trees. They would like sway. It would creak mm-hmm. like a ship, the yes. deck that we built. It was it was an absolutely amazing and terrifying experience. It was. And I feel like it wasn't Jesse reading Master and Commander like that. There was at least once, yeah. So a love of the ocean, a love of water. Those uh tree forts we made in high school where you're you feel like you're on a boat, but you're in the middle of the Colorado wilderness. So yeah, anyway, Susie, uh my wife, the catalyst for most good things in my life, signed me up for sailing classes. <laughs> And I was like, I want to do that. I want to have this competence and haven't sailed in 10 years. It's been 10 years? Yes. Been 10 years because apparently you can like fill in here. But when we're young, the percentage of our life that a day or a month is, is much more significant Mm -hmm. than it is as we get older and older. And so I'll get through an hour. I feel like I blink and it's been an hour. My kids are like, this is the longest two minutes <laughs> ever. I am dying. And so all of a sudden it's been 10 years because that happens. And I don't know how it happens, but it happens. And I've been dreaming of sailing. And I've been dreaming of the warm waters of the Caribbean. I've been dreaming of um, sailing catamarans. There's this YouTube channel I, I watched a couple of years ago, Sailing Love Vagabond. And I really like maybe early on in their journey, it's a couple that are from Australia. The guy worked on like mining rigs and oil rigs to save up $30,000 and then bought a sailboat from some shady Italians in the Mediterranean. And they don't know what they're doing. They're just living on a sailboat, sailing around and fixing stuff and getting into trouble and diving for food. And I'm like, did they sneak back into Eden Was nobody was looking? <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is a choice. And I am choosing to sit at a desk and I can't go do that. Susie, we're selling everything and living on a sailboat. And she's like, hard no, for sure no. Yeah, this was an interesting question for me when you did the next step of certification. Because sailing is also your favorite version of escapism. Yeah, at the moment. But... It's not only that. Mm-hmm. It's also true to the things you like to do, the life of your heart. How do you get the coin to fall on the right side on, an, <laughs> on any given day? Yeah, right. That so does not apply to like everything. You know, when are you going fishing because you love to do it, and when are you doing it to run away and to escape and to not have those conversations with the people you need to have conversations with? When are you outside having some quiet time with Jesus, and when are you outside just smoking a pipe, being mad and tired? Hmm. Um, no comment. Yeah. So I don't know because it's a little bit of, okay. What I wanted to do was I wanted to write an article where John Dale and I went to the BVIs 
and which are the British Islands of Virgins. Yeah. And you're not allowed to go there if you're not <laughs> both of those things. So they don't let us on the actual island. We have to just stay on the boat. But there was something to that that at my life stage not only felt financially impossible because it was, and like I don't know where that time was going to come from to just disappear to go for a week. And I also don't know how many people would really bless it upon hearing it. And like there's a little, we make some decisions around here based off of that of like, I, don't want to share certain things about my life because we've experienced what it's like for the people to hate you for having that. And I think our listeners have experienced that as well. We had those podcast series what, that you and dad did for the Ransom Heart podcast years ago on, on, envy. on envy. And it's like, just go back and listen to that if you, if you never have, because it's really helpful to understand some of what you've been living with. Some of your life. And so there's a, there's a degree to which I want to go do that, but I don't know if I did, if I would share it with the rest of the world because it, it would, in very real ways, be assaulted and cursed and... Oof. I don't want that. And so that was a, that was a factor. Well, there's lots of factors, right? There's the envy factor, there's the season factor, there's the finances factor. And then it was just like... I think I began committing the same error that um, I wanted to talk about in my article a little bit, which was I didn't want to miss what's nearby for the grand and the epic. And and yes, it is my escapism. Like, okay, a meteor hits Colorado, and for some reason I'm still like alive. Yeah, I would I would sell all of my assets and I would buy a sailboat, and nobody would see me again. Sounds awesome. Sounds great. Oh my gosh, is it nice some days to just be like, whew, deuces, I'm out. <laughs> I've given what I can give and there's nothing else there and the rest is going to be for me. And there's aspects of like, it's been 10 years. I don't remember how to do this. I want to be able to do this with my friends and my family and, and I'm going to hurt people if I, if I don't take the next certification. So instead of committing the error of thinking like, there's only the great. There's only the epic. If I'm going to go climb a mountain, it has to be Mount Everest. If I'm going to go mm. do it, like we looked up what was local and we're in, we're in Colorado. There's, there's literally not a body of water to swim in, in Colorado Springs. That's not a regulated pool or that doesn't have swimmers itch. Like we have a pond downtown and yeah, they literally close it like two or three years at a time because like, oh, the water lice is getting a little bit big and we found some needles along the shoreline. So maybe don't let your kids nearby like that. So you're like, okay, where are you going to sail in this landlocked state? And interesting aside here that when we were doing our scuba certification, Colorado has the largest scuba certified population of any state. What? Yeah. Not Florida? No. And it, it's what? it's because it's the adventure culture. And they're actually still, there. people do freshwater diving. So you can go and dive the reservoirs and mine shafts and things like that. But for whatever reason, we're a bit like adventure Pokemon card collectors out here. If you're like, what do you do? Well, can you rock climb? Yes. Can you fly fish? Yes. But bleh. can you, do you do 14ers? <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you a trail runner? Do you do ultra trail running? Uh, no. Ultra, I like going for ultra, hiking. Triple ultra. Do you do triathlons? Do you ride your bike? Do you go mountain biking? Can okay. you mush with mm. huskies? Yeah. We don't really have much <laughs> of that. Alpine skiing. Oh, you ski? That's great. But you do in like the backcountry and do it yourself. Hey, 
scuba. Have you ever done that? And you ever like, tried no boarding? Oh my gosh. There's a little bit of like, stop it already. So when we looked it up, there was a, uh, a school offering sailing courses here in a reservoir. And back to that moment, walking out there to this, it was his 71st birthday later that week, he told us. So maybe that's why he was grouchy. I don't know. But he told us, he went on to drop the F-bomb multiple times and be like, well, let's go look at this boat because mostly what we're going to teach you today is maintenance because there's no wind. There's never any wind here. You can't sail here on these puddles. But when eventually you do go sail somewhere else, <sighs> sea bass, man. So interesting. Did he have character. like half a mermaid tattoo peeking up underneath his sleeve? No. No, and, and the, the sailing he- crowd, <laughs> they're a bit more of like the bougie, white, retired crowd, like the people who... But it's the class of four, so JD and I were just two of them. So the other people that would be there were pulling up in, you know, their bends and their beamers and looked like they were the guy at the office who's just kind of keeping tabs on his stocks and doesn't do anything anymore because he's basically retired. Mm, sounds like me. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a certain guy that attracts, and that was the that was much more the vibe of our instructor. He would, he was not nearly as grizzled piratey as I think you'd hope. Oh, that I'm he really would be. dang it. I'm having to. Turns out anybody can be grumpy, Blaine, without being yeah, a pirate. Yeah, now I'm seeing mm, too bad. Exactly. I love your thesis, right? Of not skipping the local for the exceptional, right? And also, you know, depending on how much wild art content you follow. You've been exposed to things like the cost to joy ratio. You've been exposed to like hard things. That's an us thing. Well, they just stole it. <laughs> well, I I said it over there too, so now it's a thing. Now it's a thing. And what do you do? What do I do with yeah these gigantic longings that do need to be engaged and do need to be pursued? Right. But you know, I've seen we've seen so many cases of a person who latches onto them and then is left very empty. Right. But for me, that's like, your sailing is my doll sheep hunting in Alaska. Yeah. And I have a brother-in-law, and I have an invi- a standing invitation to go hunt sheep and grizzlies. Congratulations. And uh, I would love to go, and it is a bit of the, and when right now, when am I going to be allowed to disappear into the Alaska wilderness for two weeks and maybe get snowed in an extra week because you're in sheep country and the plane can't land and yeah. be like, is my life form super suited to large scale adventure right now? Right. No. No, no not really. But and man. does it therefore invalidate the hunting you get to do here? Right. And I think that we have wax currents. On That's not a real thing. The property. By the way, the not skipping the local for the exceptional. I know that everyone does this because everyone who likes the outdoors, who I know, who's a friend who lives outside the state of Colorado, hmm. is like, man, you get to elk hunt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, like five days a year, bro. Right. You live near water if you live in a place that has any kind of catfish any kind of perch any kind of walleye any kind of anything else bass redfish i don't care that you could on a regular basis most of the time or like a healthy squirrel population or something like that whoa whoa. (laughs) who's a redneck now buddy (laughs) i'm like are you kidding me i you're going hunting tree rats is that what you wish you could do i do hunt them there are not very many 
And have any trees where you live. I have a, I always have a couple in the freezer, though. That's terrifying. Gotta find a way to get the squirrels. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. But what are you, the golden retriever from Up? Squirrels are not tree rats, Sam. That's offensive. <laughs> just squirrels. <But> <laughs> I'll let their PR campaign. Let me know. Get in touch with my people. Uh, tree rats are uh, forest pirates. So the wax currents is like, I fixate on the hunter-gathering potentials of various places. Mm. And when my friends and I are together, not very much time goes by before we'll eventually start bemoaning the lack of the Missouri River. (laughs) The fact that there's no turtles or just the overall kind of lack of fecundity of the Alpines. So you moved out 45 minutes east. And are you straight piping your truck? Like what? What is happening out there? Are you going mudding for fun? <laughs> I mean, Sam, <laughs> <laughs> this should not be news to you. I mean, it's it's like, a little disorienting. First of all, wish I, got, I had more squirrels to hunt. I got the squirrels what? while I lived in a suburban house because we had a larger squirrel population. My neighbor cried when her dog killed a squirrel the other day. Should have salvaged it, man. Right now, our housemate has Magnus Nelson's. Nielsen's? The chef's table guy. The Nordic chef's tables guy. So far, I've understood, I think, a little bit of what you're saying about your... I don't even know what a wax table says. A wax current. He's got a... Well, it's the Nordic cookbook. Okay. And you, like, look through there, and it's just kind of like an Icelandic hunter-gathering manifesto. Like a lot of turtles and squirrels in that book? No turtles. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about that in Missouri. Maybe some lemmings. Uh, But it's like... I can, maybe because it is always exotic to me, the low-stakes adventure of other places is very, very appealing. And right now, I would love to be able to do some massive outdoor excursions. But with two kids, some of the things that we're doing for fun right now that are like local adventure and because I like this hunter-gathering thing are going, what is on our property that we can Go get, well, we only have one kind of like edible berry and it's a wax currant. So we're experimenting. They don't taste very good on their own. They taste exactly like it sounds. It's like a little waxy red thing. Gross. But we're experimenting. Can we turn these into syrups? Can we turn these into jellies? What happens with them? You know, I have a barbecue cookbook that's all about cooking chickens in hay. And I started looking around going... I have a lot of different wild grass species. I have a lot of different sage species. We're on the plains, you know? And so looking around being like, I wonder what other kinds of things can you cook in sort of like roasting pans full of sedges and grasses and like what happens? And it is surprising to me, like actually how fun it can be. Like Mm. back to Magnus and the Nordic cookbook. He has this salmon recipe that's salmon roasted in juniper branches. And you take the juniper branches and you, like, layer them in the pan. And then you put the slab of salmon on top. You put it in the oven. The juniper actually hopefully does not catch on fire. It just kind of starts to smolder the way that wet things do. Mm. But it all burns and it kind of smokes and roasts and chars the salmon. Sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah, it does. So... You know, I was like looking at that and then looking out the window and being like, hmm, I do have a pinion pine out there. I do have some bushes. That's kind of like a juniper. I kind of wonder, I mean, what, like some, <laughs> some things will not taste good, but what can I do right now that 
would be an interesting, fun kind of like experiment. And it's just right out the front door, man. The stuff yeah. that you can gather actually. The only reason that I wish that I could be a college student again is to hunt gather on a college campus because they're so rich with things. <laughs> what? What? Like a dining hall? No, like, you know, one of the ones that I went, they would have been super rich in pine nuts, squirrels, <laughs> very, <laughs> various, very Stop it. Stop it with the squirrels. You have to stop laughing about squirrels right now. <laughs> you, I can't imagine Blaine being out in his uh, senior year, like, staring up into the trees. <laughs> eyeing the squirrels and people being like you i'm calling campus security on you what are you doing this is a squirrel no i don't I, want to talk about squirrels does not live on the ground getting all of the ground bacteria and rubbing around and you know the forest loam a squirrel is a sophisticated creature that lives are in you kidding the top of a tree and eats nuts and berries and man like this is what they feed a veal calf. They eat, they give it beef nuts. This is like what you give a high quality cow. And the squirrels in my pig. neighborhood are plenty happy to run around in the yard and and scream and chase each other and hump each other on the back deck. And I I'm gonna make you some squirrel. Don't ever make me make me squirrel. <laughs> it's gonna change your mind. You. They're mini trash pandas. They're tree rats. <laughs> mini trash pandas. That's a raccoon. I know. You know. You we know. have those too. Would we, you eat a raccoon? Not around here because they all have rabies. I know from the Division of Wildlife. So maybe the squirrels do too. Maybe. They're like cousins. <laughs> They're rednecks, so maybe they like that. Not forsaking the exotic or the immediate. <laughs> you know, I feel like there's a double-edged sword to this article, which is like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's like, the last one, it's like, unless it's redneck loser. <laughs> and be like, oh, no. Okay, well, you I know have a I'm bowling pro- alley down the street. You know be I'm like, pro redneck. Okay, old man. No, no, <laughs> no. No, you are such a redneck at heart. I'm working on my book. It's, you know, not as catchy of a title as Wild at Heart, but you know. Oh. Yes. Like, don't miss what's around the corner for the epic. And I have to admit, like, in the case of the sailing piece, it mattered more and it, and it was more fulfilling in that I saw it as part of a larger narrative when it was... Oh, yeah. It, it was literally the same type of boat that I had learned on back in California. And I didn't remember all of the names and all the names in a sailboat and sailing... A drunken sailor came up with them all. I mean, they're they're all insane. And what did they do with that drunken sailor? Gibbly, gibbly. They have him name the parts of a boat. That's what they have him do. <laughs> so that aspect where it's like, okay, we're on this reservoir. I've got this cantankerous old instructor, and there isn't any wind. And he asked us if we had looked up the wind forecast because he was sure that everybody was going to cancel. Therefore, we were idiots for being there that day. Oh, yeah, but. We were just scheduling it in the time that it worked for us because it still wasn't convenient to drive an hour and a half out of our hometown. And we had a motor sail the whole time. The motor was running because there was no wind. And we're just, we're, oh, yeah, we're mostly getting sail. a sunburn as we're kind of like slowly moving. Now, you get me on a boat and there's some part of me that just experiences joy and life. And, and on a family vacation 150 years ago when we were in Hawaii, we got to go with that guy on his catamaran. Yeah. And do you remember it was like, you got on the boat and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And when you're on anchor, it's a little bit like, a, a bit like being in a tree fort. Like I yes. am somewhere that people normally don't get to be, which is out on top of the water and it's kind of moving a little bit and that feels exciting and I'm, and so I'm more 
vigilant about where, how I'm stepping and, oh, there's beers and great. And it becomes like the little booze cruise, tiki deck cruiser. But as soon as he pulled up anchor and we started heading out to the open ocean, we were all like alive. Yes. We didn't, we weren't doing anything. We were just passengers, but it felt so amazing to be moving and be moving on a boat. And I think, unless you're someone who gets seasick, that, that that's maybe a universal experience of wonder, of awe, of excitement. Um, I just, unless something's gone terribly wrong, I have a hard time picturing a sad person on a boat. So I have that as like my goal, right? Puttering around on a pond in Colorado from our, my next level of certification, it was my 103, which is, you know, I'm a, I'm a noob. I'm a beginner. I've done this for like less than 15 hours total. I don't, I don't know. What's that part? Uh, it's the clue. And the clue goes on this static hook on the front. And these are the sheets. And the sheets are actually ropes. And the ropes are... Oh, see, that's weird. A sheet should be a sail. And halyards and you know, practicing your knots, but did you practice your bowling upside down and backwards while the rope is wet? Because I sure didn't. And so it was really hard to do it. And I'm like pivoting around the mass. It's right. Anyway, it's awkward. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I think there is a good amount of me that was still kind of disappointed doing the sailing as it was like, there's no wind. There's no anything, but you're still checking me off. We're just talking through all of the different things I need to know how to do. And I'm getting like the pass on having accomplished it. And what we do is over four different times, we do the exact same thing every single time, just repetition, which is which is fine, but super boring. When the second time we went, there still wasn't wind. We haven't been for the th- third and fourth time yet because I'm losing some of the motivation for it to name like, there is some disappointment in a thing not being what I wanted it to be, right? I, I want, I basically, I want to be back in Santa Barbara. Or I want, I want to be on the ocean. I want to smell salt. I want to feel the boat move underneath me. And I haven't done that. And so we're sitting there looking at these other boats. So you're like, and these guys are out there like tubing and having a good time. Like, let's just do that. Like, this is, this is hard and boring. And if it was purely just, I need an adventure, I'm going to go do this. I think it, it would have felt like a flop. But because it has this deeper thread for me of connecting to old stories and old longings and there is the father in it where it's like wait what it's the same it's like literally the same type of boat and that is just bringing back all of these memories for me and I have this joy of like okay maybe there wasn't any wind but like how awesome was it to be out out on a reservoir on a boat and there's it feels like maybe an IV drip of some more adventure and some more life because it's speaking to like more of that's coming. You haven't totally let that dry up. It's not like the torrent that I wish it was. It's this little like drip, drip. Um, and therefore, I don't know if it passes our own like cost to joy ratio ratio test. Like it's it's kind of uh, it wasn't it wasn't positive, but it wasn't negative. But it was this choice of like I'm not which I don't know. I don't want to like make it all like rosy hued and like, it was wonderful and I got to do it locally. Like, well, it wasn't the BVIs. It wasn't California. That's true. We, we could barely sail. He was right. I don't feel like they're teaching me. I feel like they're going to like sign me off and I'm going to go hurt somebody because I'm like, yeah, I've got my certification. Well, did you do any of it? No, because there wasn't any wind any of the days I went. <laughs> 
you have any motorboats that I could take out on? As long as you have that, yeah, it's great. I'm sure everything will go fine, and I'll just never jibe ever because I will kill somebody. (laughs) And if somebody goes overboard, it sounds like they're kind of a lost cause. And Anyway, despite all of the ways they teach you to get them back on board. And what was, I appreciate the candor. This is like an aside. One of the skills we have to learn is how to like get rescue a man overboard. The guy's like, if you're on a boat like this, you will not get him back in, but you will get back to him and secure him to the boat while you like use your slow motor to get back over to the dock. If you're on a different kind of boat, drop the sails and use your motor. Like, I don't know why we're bothering to teach you this like one specific skill that's just for one specific kind of boat because drop your sails turn on your motor, go to him, and drop your ladder. And we were like, oh, yeah, great. Do we have, can I write that on my test? <laughs> There's a little bit of like that, and I want that to be named as well, right? When you're out there wishing you were back in your college campus so you could smoke some of those uh, those squirrels hanging out in the trees, it's not the same as doll sheep hunting in Alaska. And you can't even pretend like it is. But does it still have value? And I would say it does. Yes. That part of where does it fit in the story? This really interesting thing has come up with friends recently, which has been the, do you want to live the story that you're being given to live? Can that be a good story? Can it be good even as it relates to adventure? To hear you say, I want to live near the ocean. So how does that happen? And it's interesting to have that soul in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And that's a very interesting story to live if you'll go for it. It feels like when I think of guys here in the fall, here in the, oh man, what do I do with the craving for adventure, a thing we talk about often? How, How do I engage that right now? There is, I think, it takes the pressure off. And it makes it potentially more playful to go, don't forsake the local. And do you want to live the story that you're in for probably some of the very large scale passions that you have? uh, Some of the things that really feed your soul? Because it's even part of the color. It's like what makes it interesting. The mountain biker who is stuck inside biking on his, what's the thing called? On his Wahoo trainer. Mm-hmm. The light starts to go out of your eyes by the time it's February. But the ways that are possible to go like, I'm going crazy. How the heck can I engage this? And go, well, there is blank place. And you actually can rent a snow bike and just see ha- see what happens. And take the pressure off it being amazing because it's fitting into a story of keeping your heart alive, right. of keeping these passions alive. That's a good story to live. Right, because what's the alternative? It feels like we get this dichotomy of choices, and one of them is it has to be epic. It has to be the best thing ever. It has to be that like sneaking back into Eden experience that I felt when I was watching this couple sail around the Mediterranean. And that feels like one choice and the other choice is just completely let your heart die. So, you know, what's it going to be? And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to strive for it to be Eden then. Like, I guess it has to be the BVS. It has to be the new river. It has to like always work and always be good. And then you try that for four minutes and you realize, oh, 
Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes that works. And sometimes you like stumble into it accidentally when we did like the, the winter ascent of beer stat, like it was terrible. I hate winter ascents of 14ers, but it was still beautiful and epic and wild. And it was like, oh, this was kind of accidentally something that's striking that like epic chord. But the rest of the time, it's totally impossible. And therefore, if I only have two options, the other option is like, well, I guess I'll just sort of let my heart die and not dream about anything because dreaming is too painful. Uh, it's kind of an intense note to go out on, but I guess that's it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is, uh, th- that's the whole premise here then, right? There's yes. a third piece. And it's something that yeah, you're having conversations with. I'm having conversations with guys because you know, here in Colorado, we're, we're entering fall and cold. And so there's like, people have like this planning type conversation I've noticed. And at our age, it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Like, I don't know. I love being able to go for road rides, but that's kind of getting more and more miserable and more and more in the dark as the days get colder. And so you do the Wahoo until you can't or until you're like, I, I got to change this up. I need something else. And then there, there needs to be that third way, which was the case for this article, which was, I'm not going to like totally shut this desire down. I've been thinking about sailing a lot and it can't be the epic all the time. So am I willing to have something that, that might be slightly disappointing, but also will be an adventure and also will feel like it's feeding that part of me that goes, yes, I'm still choosing hard things. I'm still keeping this present in my world. And the hopes that in another few years, it's going to come back again. And then in another few years, it's going to come back again. And I'm moving towards it being something that is less of a, a rarity and more of that experience. Like I, I want the vacation with my family where they go, wow, dad knows how to sail and we get to go like do this thing. i be like, yes. And you don't know that I've been making these choices over the years to like keep this a thing in my heart and in my skill set. 